0: You are listening to Church Talk with Isaac. Hello, 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 hello. What's going on? I hope everyone has been having a great week so far, a great day so far. Uh, Again, I'm Isaac Watson. Uh, For those of you who may be listening for the first time, and uh, you are listening to another episode of Church Talk with Isaac. Isaac. Listen, we have been, uh, we've been having an, a, a great conversation over the past a couple podcast episodes, and I actually brought my wife on, uh, Brittany Watson, and uh, we were dealing with, with dating, we were dealing with marriage, we were dealing with relationships, and Uh, You know, uh, originally it was called Safe, Single and Ready to Mingle, and we just dealt with a whole lot of different components. What I want to do actually on this particular podcast, we want to talk about the family a little bit. And I'm actually want to lean into a conversation uh, uh, with uh, pastors and senior leaders, um, those who are itinerant in ministry, those who may lead. Uh, in any church capacity, and uh, I want to deal with the dynamics of balancing family life, marriage life, and ministry life, and the reason why I want to talk about this today is because, I mean, it's very unfortunate, but I've seen so many marriages broken up because of ministry, broken up because of the church, and And uh, I believe that there's an order, that there is a standard, that there's a blueprint that's actually mapped out for those who are in senior leadership or those who stand in any uh, apostolic or pastoral or uh, traveling ministerial capacity uh, when you are married. And just some things that we have to talk about because people see it. And, you know, I mean, I've seen cases where a a pastor he's on his third and fourth wife and nobody's asking any questions about it but i think it's something that we do have to take a look at uh because it's not right it's not right now granted everyone's situations are different um but i believe that uh i i i don't think that we should see this must th- excuse me this much dysfunction uh in the church as it pertains to family and ministry one of the things i want to say is that once you get married uh things change a little bit once you get married there is uh certain things that are expected of you and i want to look at first corinthians chapter 7 really quickly and uh, i want to look at it because i believe that uh what paul kind of lays out here it gives us a picture and an image uh as far as the difference between ministry when you're married and and ministry when you're unmarried and first corinthians chapter 7 verses 32 and 33 it says but i want you to be without care he who is unmarried cares for the things of the lord how he may please the lord but he who is married cares about the things of the world how he may please his wife now what's interesting is that paul is dealing in both cases with christians Paul is dealing in both cases with those who are in the church, those who uh, those who are just not saved, but those who have a ministerial capacity. And uh, the reason why we know that he's dealing with people who have ministerial capacity is because he he is actually confronting people in the church or he's addressing people in the church. And what he's saying is that, look, if you're married, you care about the things of the world, how you may please your wife. But if you're unmarried, you can you can live and be completely consumed with the things concerning the Lord. So what does that mean? That means that once you get married. Priorities should begin to shift and priorities should begin to change uh, uh, simply because your life is not your own. And when you get married, your life is really not your own. And what I've seen in a lot of churches is that uh, with 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 leaders, with pastors, whether you have a, a, a male senior leader or a female senior leader, whatever it may be. What I've seen often is that the church in in, in some cases has become. A mistress to that man or to that woman where, uh you know, it's almost like the church has become the other woman um, to this man or or the other man to this pastoral or this pastoring uh, woman. And and uh and and one of the things that I've heard and uh, we're going to deal with it is that the pastor is, is like that, because once you start pastoring, the pastor in a sense is married to the church that's why like people use this hand analogy and when you get to the ring finger they say this ring finger represents the pastor so the hand analogy is something that's used for like fivefold. I I've, I've seen people use it for like to represent like fivefold ministry the apostle the prophet the evangelist the pastor the teacher where they say that the thumb is the apostle the pointer finger is the prophet the middle finger is the evangelist because it's the longest finger the ring finger is the pastor because they're married to the church and then the pinky finger is the teacher because I don't even know why they say that the pinky finger is the teacher to be quite honest because I don't really go by the hand analogy but uh, when they get to the pastor they say that the pastor is the ring finger because the pastor is married to the church and I want to say this y'all that ain't true that's not true the pastor is not married to the church Jesus is married to the church the church is Jesus's bride the church is Jesus's wife and the pastor is is in no way married to the church. The pastor is a shepherd who cares for the sheep. And this is important to understand because that paradigm that 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 the pastor is married to the church has ruined so many homes. The pastor is a shepherd, not a husband. And shepherds don't sleep with their sheep. You know what that's called? Bestiality. If a shepherd is sleeping with his sheep or a shepherd is is engaging or married to the sheep, that is actually a form of perversion that we don't even even notice or we don't even uh, realize what's going on. Shepherd is not married to sheep a shepherd is called to guard to protect to to lead to feed the sheep jesus said i'll give you shepherds after my own heart who feed you with knowledge and who feed you with understanding so that's the shepherd's role is not to be married to the church and uh and and, and shepherds um uh, to be quite honest to claim that a shepherd is married to the church or a pastor is married to the church uh is to say That a shepherd is claiming someone else's wife. And you know what that's called? Adultery. You know what it's called when a man or woman claims someone else's husband or wife? Covetousness. And one of the things... Uh, that Mo- that God told Moses when he wrote out the commandments, he said he said, don't covet after another man's wife. And, and what we do when we make the pastor um, this 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 in all be all and you make the pastor uh, um, um, put his church before his family is that you're causing him to walk in a realm of covetousness and you're causing him to walk into a realm of, of spiritual adultery in a sense because he's coveting Jesus, wife. And to be quite honest, this is something that we have to deal with because, uh, you know, um, I've had conversations with pastors, particularly older pastors, maybe baby boomer pastors or, or pastors who may be a little older. Uh, and uh, and uh, one of the things that they've said is that and, and I've spoken to multiple people. One of the things that they've said is that when they uh, stepped into their pastor career, they were taught or they believe that they had to sacrifice their family. Um, On behalf of the church that in order to give your life completely to God or in order to, to lay your life down for the sake of the ministry It comes with certain sacrifices and unfortunately my wife has to be that sacrifice My husband has to be that sacrifice. My children have to be that sacrifice I won't be able to spend time with my kids or as much time with my kids or with my wife and or with my husband and to be quite honest I don't believe that that's necessarily a biblical paradigm, because now as I speak to these um, these these seasoned leaders, these seasoned pastors, one of the things that they say is that they regret ever even embracing that paradigm and or that model of ministry. And they have learned how they have pretty much sacrificing their families, how how that is caused to such dysfunction in their home. So one of the things I want to say when you're balancing family and ministry, don't cheat on your family with the church. There should always be healthy boundaries that are set in place. There should always be a time where um, where you're able to set aside time for your family. You should set up date nights with your spouse. You should set up family nights or family days or whatever with your family, with your kids if you have children. You should take times off to go on sabbaticals, y'all. Listen, you should go on sabbaticals where you're taking time away from the day-to-day um, activities of of the local church and you're investing into vacations you're investing into just time home and time spent with your family your family should not have to feel as if they are second best or as if they are in competition uh with uh, uh with the church now you know sometimes i've also seen it where um, there are many cases where um, um one person uh in the marriage, Uh, You know they may feel like they're called to certain things they're called to travel they're called to preach they're called to do all these types of wonderful things heal the sick and cast out devils and go to nations and all of these great things and I've heard them say my spouse is trying to stop my ministry my spouse is trying to keep me from doing what God has called me to do and I want to say this to you once you got married your spouse became your ministry. Once you got married, she became your ministry. Once you got married, he became your ministry. It's not that it's family versus ministry. No, when you get married, your family becomes your ministry. And everything that you do should flow and should funnel itself through that paradigm, through that context. That's why who you marry is so important. They become the one they become the one uh, in your life that you should be um, fully invested into. Who you marry is so important. They should know what you're called to do before you say I do. You should have conversations. I remember when I remember when when my wife and I, we were we were uh, we were courting. And uh, mind you, at this time, I was not pastoring uh, um, encounter worship center did not exist. Uh, I was serving, um, in my, in the local church that I was in. Uh, and, uh, but when we were courting, I always knew that I would be passing. I knew that that was something I would be planting churches. And I knew that that was something that God has called me to do. So that became a conversation. And a part of the conversation is, Hey, this is what I'm called to do. And and uh, and uh, this is something that pretty much if if you're called to a certain thing that needs to be laid out, because if they feel like they cannot handle that or or they're not willing to compromise uh, whatever lifestyle that they had in their mind, that they wanted to live um, and they don't want to do it, then those should be conversations that should be had right up front. That way you don't end up getting married. And then all of a sudden, You know, you feel like they're attacking your ministry. (laughs) You feel like they're attacking your ministry because they don't agree with you being away from home weeks at a time, which is, you know, not unreasonable. You know, they don't they don't agree with you being away from home weeks at a time. And now all of a sudden they're trying to stop up your ministry when the fact of the matter is that there should have been a conversation about it. And that conversation should have led to some type of agreement. Whether this is going to work, this is not going to work, or this is where I have to compromise. This is where they are willing to compromise, and we are going to make this work. So when you become uh, married, it's you know, it's, it's no longer about my ministry, you know, my calling. When you get married, there is one new purpose that's created. God takes your purpose, God takes their purpose, God takes your ministry, God takes their ministry, and he creates one new ministry that flows from the both of you. This is why, because the two becomes one. Now, I think one of the reasons why, you know, some people, they get married. Some ministers, some leaders, they get married because they want to fill this void. They want to, you know, they want to whatever. They want to have sex. They don't want to be lonely. They have this idea of a partner in ministry, whatever the case may be. And 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 to them, a lot of times marriage is the end all be all. But I want to tell you this. According to the plan of God, marriage was never intended to be the end. Marriage was always intended to be the means of to an end what's the end Christ filling all things Christ filling all things is the end that's the goal that's the destination and marriage is one of the things that's used is actually probably one of the greatest vehicles that's used in order to make Christ in all things a reality your marriage should not only provoke people to want to be married because of your example But your marriage should provoke people to want Jesus. When people see your marriage, they should want to have relationship with God and relationship of Jesus because your marriage is a beautiful template of what of what the relationship of Christ in the church should look like. Marriage is not the means. Marriage is not even the reality. Marriage is only a type. Marriage is a shadow of what Jesus actually intended. Christ is the reality. Jesus is a reality. Even when we look at Genesis chapter one or Genesis chapter two, where Adam and Eve, we, um, I believe that Adam and Eve, Although I do believe that they were were real people, everything in the Old Testament, many examples in the Old Testament were types and shadows of a truer reality that's revealed in and through Christ Jesus. So I believe Adam and Eve was, although real people, they were a type and shadow of Christ being the last Adam and the church being the last Eve. I believe that those two represents Christ in the church and their children. When Jesus told them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. That's that's that can also be related to Christ filling all things. So their children actually represents the seed of Christ, which are those who have been benefited uh, of those who are benefiting from the gospel. Those who have been called into the family of God and now have been called children of God. The church bringing forth fruit, the church uh, birthing sons and daughters of God into the earth the same way that Eve birthed sons and daughters into the earth. So although, although um, um, Adam and Eve were real people, I believe they were only a type and shadow of what God wanted to do with Christ being the reality. So I want to. So what I believe is that I believe that uh, all ministry should have balance when you're married and when you are in ministry, there should not be a separation. Your marriage becomes your ministry. Everything is funneled through that reality. And, and 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 your wife or your husband or your kids should never have to try to um try to um your wife, your husband, your kids should never have to feel like they are in competition with the church. And this is why I also believe it's important to have more than one pastor in place within a uh well well let me say this within an apostolic a uh, framework of a local church you shouldn't that that man or that woman should not be the in all be all they should not be the only one that you're coming to they should be um um yeah yeah they can be the senior leadership they can be um um they can be the ones that are. Um, That are responsible for the ministry, the one that the vision of God came through. But a part of their responsibility is setting other leaders in place that can help them, and elders in place who 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 actually represent fathers and mothers within the church to help them actually govern things and get things done. When uh, um, one of things now now mind you, my church, the church that we pastor is not that old. It's only about two and a half years old. Um, But the way that we actually have established our ministry, I don't build things around me. My wife don't build things around her. I'm not the only one teaching. I'm not the only one preaching. We have people that we've empowered. Um, My wife, um, she's over our worship ministry as well uh, as pastoring with me. And she ain't the only one that leads worship. She trains and teaches them how to lead worship. And when my wife got pregnant, y'all. And when we gave birth um, to our beautiful baby girl, Eden, uh, last November, and when we were home, because I wasn't going to come to church and my wife is at home, and so when we were home for those weeks, actually a whole month, a whole month, uh, we were away and everything still was able to run smoothly within our church. I didn't have to micromanage. They were giving me updates on how things were going, checking on us. And the fact that the, the word was still going strong, people were still getting saved, people were still um, um getting healed, people were still joining the church, and we were not even there. And I'm and and I was one of the proudest leaders that that there could ever be because because I am you know because I understand that that model that Jesus left behind, that model that the apostles left behind, actually worked. The only reason why we have two thirds, actually, yeah, two thirds of the New Testament was not because of Paul's presence in the church, but because of Paul's absence in the church. That's something to think about now. And Paul was a single man. So so when you are married and you set things in place as a senior leader, it's important that you don't build around you. You don't build around, you know, your personality, but you literally are able to build around the vision of God, the presence of God, the purpose of God, the things that God has called you to build. And you are able to anoint and set people in place that can help uh, push and man that vision and and to help um, 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 bring that vision into the future push it into the future so that so that God's purposes are fulfilled so that you can tend to your family and also you encourage those that you lead to tend to their families as well and that way the church can be a healthy picture of one healthy family made up of healthy families when people come in dysfunctional in your church and their families are dysfunctional and their marriages are broken. They should be able to come into the church and see a healthy family of healthy families. And those families help them to become a healthy family. So I just wanted to come on and just speak this little little piece. Um, you know, we've been dealing a lot more with the with with the um with the with the public, but I want to be specific uh and speaking to leaders and senior leaders and you know there were some things i didn't have time to cover but uh maybe we can cover it at another time give me your feedback as i always ask send it to me uh, isaacwatsonministries.com send me a message our facebook group uh church talk with isaac send us a message let us know your thoughts we appreciate your support we appreciate you so much i hope this bless you y'all have a great day be safe god bless thank you for listening to church talk with isaac If you enjoy our content and benefit from this podcast, do me a favor and subscribe, leave a review, and share with your friends, family, and colleagues. I'm also on all social media platforms and would love to connect with you. You can also partner with us by visiting IsaacWatsonMinistries.com and clicking donate. Your partnership helps us to get the message of Jesus through Isaac Watson Ministries to the world. Talk to you soon.